Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the Fastest Known Podcast. Wow, we've been doing this a long time. This is our 180th podcast. That's, you know, every Friday for two, what's that, three and a half years. And we always speak with some of the fastest known people in the sport. This week is no exception, but I am talking with six different people this time. Whoa. Why are we doing that? Well, that's because this is a very special podcast. We have a big announcement to make. We have sold this business. That's correct. The founders, Jeff Schuler, Peter Backman, and myself, Buzz Burrell, as of when you are hearing this, no longer are the owners of FastestKnownTime.com. Wow. Who bought it? Outside Inc. Yep. You're going to hear more from them. We might do a story on that. They might do a story on themselves. But for I wanted to tell you that right out of the gate. It's huge news. And so this podcast is going to be very special. Right now I'm here with Peter Backwin, my longtime friend, who we kind of dreamed this idea up together. And so more on outside at some future date, what that means at some future date. But let's look back in time and see how this whole thing got started with Peter Backwin. Peter, wow, what a wild ride this has been. Yeah, it sure has, Buzz. Thanks for that intro and, you know, listening to you lay it out. I'm just feeling a lot of gratitude towards all of the people who have participated in this fun little project and particularly those who have supported us during these few years when we've been trying to figure out how to make the website and everything else work. And so, um, yeah, it's a community effort and, you know, we just asked people to donate if they liked what we were doing and enough people did that we could kind of make it work and, and people, uh, yeah, it was exciting to see. So thank you all. Yeah, that's a good point. Peter, start off by thanking the community. Because you're you're right. I think we've been interviewed by New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, uh, The Guardian, numerous papers that people who are listening might not have heard of because they exist only in Europe. And they think it's maybe a bigger operation than it really is. <laughs> And it's uh, it's crowdsourced. So, Peter, that was very appropriate. We don't put up FKD's roots. People submit them. We crowdsource information from you, the listener, the actual community. That's uh, well, very well said, Peter. It's We all did this together. Yeah, and it wouldn't have worked if people didn't like it and participate. And hopefully that'll continue with outside and increase and improve and I'm sure they're going to add a lot of improvements to the functionality of the website. So I'm excited to see what comes next. Right. Good point. They have resources. They have the culture. They've done a good job and with other titles. So presumably they'll do a great job with this. And going back a little bit more. Um, wow. Let's, let's, let's keep going how this whole thing got going. Uh, you and I, you, you and I have a little bit of a history together. We did the uh, Colorado Trail together. Then the next year, we kind of put multi-day trail running literally on the map with the John Muir Trail. That was 
you know, other people had done it, but you and I were the first ones to really get after it and not backpack it, but to run it. I had that article in Trail Runner magazine. That's when F fastest known time occurred to me because you couldn't figure out what was going on. Remember that? We researched. Sure the, yeah. I spent hours, days trying to figure out what was the fastest known time in the John Muir Trail. and You couldn't figure it out. So ever since that time, I think both of us wanted to establish a place where we could have a level playing field, publicize what was going on so people could, you know, throw down and see what other people were doing. Yeah, yeah. And um, just so the listeners know, we're talking about 1999 for the Colorado Trail and 2000 for the John Muir Trail, I believe. And um, yeah, after those experiences, which were quite formative for, for me in terms of being an endurance and adventure person. Um, I started, just started collecting information on trails like that for my own, for my own edification. Like if, if I wanted to go run some trail, I would try to find out what the record was. I just kept a little file on my computer at first and then put a few things on a, on a really simple website. It was crowdsourced from the beginning. I invited other people to add whatever they knew so that's you really you really carried the torch well yeah but it was it wasn't much going on for a a lot of those years um just Mm -hmm. little little things that i learned about or other people you know what the community was very very small compared to what it is today but people still wanted to do this just like you and i wanted to do it when we did the colorado trail we did the john muir trail and of course you and i have done dozens and dozens of other things together, which later got added by other people as FKT routes, yeah. you know, like decades after you and I did it. But there was an interest there and you gave them a place to play, which was important. Mm-hmm. And you were doing that solo. After you started that little fundamental database, you migrated that onto something called Pro Boards, which is this free template, kind of primitive, but it worked. And you maintain pro boards. This is this comes up in all types of newspaper interviews. You can't remember when. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was it was probably like 14, 15 years ago, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um yeah, it was like a free bulletin board website that I used to just organize and to allow, you know, prior to that I just had to People had to email me and then I had to put it on this little website that I had, but that allowed for discussion and um, people to post their own things. But it wasn't, it was organized as a bulletin board, so it wasn't very functional. Like the website we have now being um, really a database format allows for a lot more functionality. Right. And of course, I got to bring this up because you have a strong background here on two different levels. One, you were a data scientist professionally. You have a PhD in physics from Harvard, which is highly credible. And as an athlete, well, you have 26 FKTs. And if we were adding all that really existed, the number would be higher. But the first one was that 2000 John Muir trail that we did together where we got blasted off of it by a snowstorm. But you yeah. went up, you went back three years later, 2003, and you 
listeners take note, were the first person to go under four days on the John Muir Trail in 2003. Three days, 22 hours. That's like the four-minute mile. Now, people have gone a lot faster since then, but that that was a breakthrough. That, to me, was the equivalent of the four-minute mile. Yeah, and of course, in those days, there wasn't a lot of information about how to do stuff like this because nobody was doing it. So we were figuring it out as we went along. Um, you couldn't just go ask the guy from before you because there was no such person. So yeah, we learned. A, we made a lot of mistakes, of course, and about half the things that we ever tried, we failed, and um, and we learned. And that, to me, that was the the fun part of doing things that you know, we're outside of the typical race venue kind of deal. Like you can show up at the starting line and just throw down and follow the little flags and drink some water in an aid station. But this is different. We had to figure out what is the route, you know, how are we not going to get lost? How, you know, in those days we were using incandescent flashlights. So make sure you don't have batteries. And, you know, there was a lot to it. <laughs> well, I, that, we, we sorry, didn't have you, GPS you, navigation. Oh, we definitely didn't have that. Uh, it really, we literally had like a pair of C batteries in this, almost like a Boy Scout flashlight. And, um, yeah. And if and you then, dropped it, you were screwed because it would break. <laughs> 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 or if it rained. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. So, yeah, it was a little, come to think of it, a little primitive back then. But you and I did a lot of things together. And as always, you know, type in Peter Backwin under athlete in the pull down menu on the website. And there is 26 highly regarded FKTs. But gosh, look at this Dientes de Navarone, Tierra de Fuego Chile, Torres de Paine Chile, Cascades Trifecta. All of those that you just mentioned, you didn't mention that we did those together, but um, yeah, those were great. Like when we did went to go to do the Cascades Trifecta, which was climbing Rainier, Hood, and Adams uh, in a day, um, I had no, zero experience with the Cascades or glacier travel. We just kind of learned on the fly. Fortunately, you were a quick learner because I fell in a crevasse. <laughs> yeah. And didn't die, so that was good. Right. Apparently not. Uh, we were roped together, so that, the, the plan as it was worked. So all's well mm -hmm. that ends well, I think. Yeah. Well, I, always I personally liked the, the planning aspect, and we would plan to do something that we really didn't know if it would work. Um, but we gave it our best shot. And then if it worked, it's just sort of gratifying, like, oh, well. Yeah, the plan was was good enough. Right. Gannett Peak, of course, we established the route. Well, kind of the route. We, mm -hmm. you established, I established the route from the, uh, the the correct side of the mountain, in my opinion. Everyone else went mm -hmm. in from Titcombe Basin or over from uh, complete, you know, two different passes from Trail Lakes. But we came in from Green Lakes, a completely different direction. And so we pioneered a lot of things, like you said, just yeah. by researching it, thinking about it. And I appreciate what you said, Peter, which I think can be passed along to everyone by people like FKTs now. You have to think about it. You have to learn. You have to understand Mother Nature. You have to understand weather. You have to understand maps. And being a very intelligent person, you really appreciate the problem-solving nature of it. <laughs> yeah, we had quite the partnership of course because i was sort of 
meticulous and you know built the spreadsheets and and you would say well like the cascades trifecta you know nobody ever thought about doing that but as you said at the time if you stand on any one of those mountains it's it's obvious it's it's just clear and so you know you came up with a lot of really good projects that we did and other people have done and and i would say things like what about here on the map where all these contours come together and you would say oh we'll figure it out <laughs> and so we just go do it <laughs> and figure it out or not <laughs> well we we did figure it out um pretty although often, yeah. pretty often we figured it out but that particular uh, section on Gannett Peak called Wells Creek. I think they called it the Gash. Those contours were very, very close together. And so never again, we did it. We went up and down that, but never again did anyone else do that. We bumped over to the next creek over called Tourist Creek, which is now the standard FKT route. Yeah, which is a little bit slightly longer, but um, unless you're Willing to free solo about 100 feet of 5.7, it's better. Right. Fortunately, I was willing to do that at that time. Yeah, you, fortunately you were, and you carried enough little bit of cord to belay me up. <laughs> oh, Peter, this is such good times. We have such a strong history, and I feel so good that we were able to share this and allow other people to have the same type of history. And that's what we've seen, isn't it? Boy, you've said this so many times. It's not about the number. You want to see the stories, you want to see the photos, and people contribute things. And it's it's, it's not a race. I hope most people feel the same way because they're telling us these stories that they're hard. I mean, you get lost in this, don't you? You can, <laughs> you can read what other people are saying, and it's like, oh, my gosh. You can, you can just spend hours reading their FKT submissions. Yeah, I mean that that was really a big reason why I created the first website because I, you know, we we had such amazing experiences, and um, I want to hear what other people's experiences were doing these things, and so I wanted a place that they could share those things. And well, you know, another aspect of it that that I've always felt was very important is from the beginning we were doing stuff that we were just doing things that we wanted to do that turned us on like John Muir trail. It was just like completely classic, clear, obvious thing to do, at least from our perspective, you and me. So we just, we said, let's go do that. Um, and you know, other people have other types of things that they want to do, whether it's cool stuff in their backyard or just projects that have, been in the backs of their minds for years and that's the kind of stuff we did and and it was you know uh, other people were resonated with it and so other people went after those things as well afterwards i think we established an ethic that the community has supported i think when i'm looking at it um everyone is nice everyone <laughs> is honest have you ever noticed that for example, we'll, we'll we'll get our submission in, we'll put it up on the website, then maybe a week later, we'll get an email back saying, you know, that wasn't really self-supported. I read your guidelines. 
that was really yeah. supported. So let's change that, please. Mm-hmm. That's because the newspaper editors they they want controversy. They want <laughs> right. they want someone who's cheating. But we don't have much of that, do we? We have a really lovely community of good people doing good things and wanting to share them. Yeah, that people do. That the, the journalists always ask about cheating and verification, and you know, we we do spend a lot of effort on verification. But yeah, the amount of cheating is just like almost non-existent. Right, There's a couple examples, but very nearly non-existent. Right. Well, Peter, I really appreciate this background I, uh, on a personal level and on a professional level. I think what you and I started to do decades ago, everybody else is doing it now and sure. enjoying it and appreciating it. And I, I really like that that, that segue, how I, I get to just watch and witness and read these terrific reports of people having fun in the deserts and the forests and the mountains. Yeah. And, you know, we wouldn't be complete if we didn't mention the pandemic because, um, you know, we just kind of got the website going and then this pandemic blew up. And, um, of course, every competitive event on earth was canceled. So um, I really felt like I I felt quite good that we had a, a forum where people could actually, you know, do things, do cool things connect with other people remotely and, you know, express their competitive uh, instincts, uh, you know, during that time. And uh, of course our website traffic just kind of blew up, which was (laughs) difficult for us, but we muddled through and um, I'm glad that we were able to provide that for folks. I am as well. I think we ought to bring on our third partner, who people don't hear from that much, Jeff. So uh, give me a second. We'll get Jeff on the line. Well, we are now joined by the person who made what you see and use every day possible. Of course, Peter carried the torch for a long time, but then almost four years ago on March 27, 2018, com went live. They're totally revamped, totally new website that enabled this movement to go worldwide and people to use it and play and have fun all over the world. And that was made possible exclusively by Jeff Schuler. Jeff, thank you very much. Thanks, Buzz. It's not exclusively, but I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Well, Peter and I are not known for our web development skills. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a key part of it. It is a website, uh, so I'm glad to, I'm glad to have played that role in it. Glad well, you are a professional web. Skills. Yeah, you're a professional That's, web developer, yeah. and man, you that first six months, you wrote custom code. You know, this isn't like a WordPress blog. You wrote custom lines of code for everything people see and use. That was a prodigious effort, I think. Yeah, we all we all did a lot. I mean, it was it was cool to um, be able to kind of apply a lot of what I've done on other projects um, to to something that's near dear to my heart, um, you know, running and outdoor adventures and that sort of thing. Um, and and really be able to think about you know the three of us put our heads together and and figure out what does this what's the best shape for this to to be and to become 
Um, and I think we did pretty well. <laughs> I think we did too. And we we were just talking about uh, Peter's prodigious athletic accomplishments, which most people know, but maybe people don't realize that you, among the three of us, everyone, among almost everyone who works there, you're the fastest guy around. So quick, uh, quick I don't know about that. Well, so what is your marathon PR? Come on, spill it. Uh, but fast is, it's always relative, right? It's like, whatever, <laughs> what, you, what distance you, I haven't, I haven't done any, uh, day long or multi-day efforts. So, uh, you can, you can always, yeah. Yeah. He's dodging okay. working on the marathon. He's, t- he's totally dodging it, but listeners, <laughs> you're, you're, this is a learning experience. So if you're in the business, if you're in the sport, you don't spray. If someone calls you, you out to talk about yourself, you dodge the question you go into humble mode so good job jeff i think you so just demonstrated so much faster yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all love so, to run and to get outside and to yeah. yeah okay all right well we'll we'll let it go at that but uh heck it, it, we certainly have created the opportunity for so many people to play and have fun statistically yeah. speaking as of the end of this last year on January 1st of 2021, we had 9,120 FKTs on the site. 9,000. And those are all curated. Those are all verified. It's uh, this, this isn't some automated program. Jeff, I wish you would have designed an automated program. But instead, yeah, someone, has, <laughs> someone has looked and reviewed 9,120 FKTs and 3,358 routes from Malaysia to Morocco to Montana. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and so we should at this point thank our um, wonderful regional editors, who are volunteers basically, who came on, especially at the time of the pandemic when we were really just getting crushed by crushed um, submissions and um, have really, I think, added a lot to what we're doing just in terms of, well, the fun of doing it also with a bunch of people and um, bringing their local knowledge to looking at the FKTs and routes that people have submitted and working with the people who have submitted different things to polish up what's been, uh, what's coming in before it gets on the website. So thank you. Thank you to those people. Yeah. Thank you. Good call, Peter. I think there's 17 regional editors. Most of them are actually overseas. And so if people want to thank them or look them up, go to the front homepage of the website on the far right menu bar where it says more and a pull down, it says team. And you can see the people who are submitting, who are verifying all these routes that FKTs that you submit. Without them, Peter would still be doing everything. And his wife, Stephanie, would have left him by now, which would have been tragic. So the regional editors <laughs> really, really pulled a lot of weight here. Totally. I mean, this I, I feel like this would have collapsed under the, the, the COVID crush that we got. And I think that's, that's the thing is it, it feels really good to have been able to kind of uh, offer this service to the community when all the races got canceled, when... You know, things were shut down and people can do the things that they typically did. And this became an outlet uh, and, and something to keep people inspired and motivated to get outside and, and run or hike hard and um, explore new things and, and try hard on, on 
um, routes they love and new routes. So, and the, and definitely the regional editors like made that possible, helped us scale. Definitely. They helped us scale and they became the local experts. And it, it still happens. I mean, we all see what comes in. Just something came in today. Someone said, oh, this route is wrong. People are not doing it right. The locals do such and such. It's actually 1.5 miles longer than what your website says. So that gets bumped back to the regional editor. He looks into it and he straightens it out. So listeners, please understand that there's people actively manually curating everything that you are seeing. Well, Jeff, is there any uh, thing that you have seen that makes you kind of surprised, happy, surprised, or hmm. disappointed? What What have you seen? I'm not disappointed at all. I mean, it's it's been awesome to see that like what we thought this could be, it has become. And to kind of have that picture in the beginning and, and you guys came to me and when we first talked about it, it was it was pretty awesome. It was really um, serendipitous because I had already kind of thought about doing this, doing doing an FKT site because the, the old site like left something to be desired. So it was really, really cool that it just kind of worked out um, that um, somebody recommended me to you and we were able to, to put it together. But I thought that it could go international and it could be like get a lot of attention and attraction and like be a place where people were, were tracking this stuff, but it's just great to, to see it really happen. And it's great to see a lot of folks who are so, so dedicated to just putting, putting out really like hard efforts on awesome routes and, and getting into it with other people, the, the competition, like the friendly competitions that happen, the just like insanely long and, and arduous and difficult efforts that people put in. So yeah, it's cool, it's cool to just watch that stuff happening to, to facilitate it a little bit. So I'm glad to have been a part of that. Right. And that pandemic is, is real interesting because in times of pandemic, you really don't want to gather with 50,000 people uh, or even 500 people. So you could gather with yourself and go out and run fantastic routes and that's the thing with fkts you can do the best routes you can't you're never going to have a race anyway in yosemite national park or grand canyon but you can run fkts in all those places and if travel restrictions are in place they're in every state and every province and so you could almost bike to an fkt route near where you live hmm. yeah yeah and and just as a little anecdote like i you know we're so involved in it we we, um, we are just getting the emails every day and looking at the site every day and and that kind of thing but sometimes it's it's unclear like how what the reach is outside and so it was nice this past weekend i went on a, a hut trip like ski in ski out hut trip in in the the rocky mountains and um someone who i just met who was on the trip uh said something like mentioned fkt like on you know somebody was going up a hill uh and he's like oh go go get the the kom go get the fkt and um so it's nice to it's nice to hear that in sort of general parlance right and to um to know it's getting into the mainstream um, i've noticed the same thing jeff it's totally it's part of the vernacular uh fkt yep. is, and it's never translated so if you're in china if you're in mm. indonesia if you're in france it's called an FKT and everyone knows what it means in other sports as well. So yeah, we put it on the map. 
Hmm. All right, we should stop patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, traditionally in the podcast, we always kind of wrap it up by saying, what is next? So I'm going to ask you two, and you could talk personally, professionally, or recreationally. So let's start with Peter. Peter, <laughs> what's next for you? You're stepping out. You've you've carried the weight here. You've done an awful lot. A lot of people have respected what you've done, but now what's mm -hmm. next for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's interesting transition because like you said, I've been doing this stuff for a long time, both with the website thing and tracking FKTs, but also as an endurance athlete, as a ambassador for brands and all of that is dropping away at this point. And actually, to tell you the truth, I feel quite complete with it. So I feel like, uh, you know, I'm entering a new phase. Although, you know, one of the answers to what is next is, oh my gosh, there's so many projects that I've learned from what people have submitted onto the web website that I'd like to not do as FKTs, but go hike that trail or, you know, go to that place because it just looks amazing. You know, I get see those submissions almost every day and it's just like, oh, another thing for the bucket list. So hopefully some of that, but probably the main thing for me at this point, besides just regular life is about six months ago, I got ordained as a teacher in a spiritual path that I've been involved with for many, many years. So I guess I'm starting a new career as a spiritual teacher. Congratulations, Peter. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it, it actually, the, the seminary process is quite long and involved, as you know, but it's been incredible experience and actually, you know, quite literally transformed my life. So I'm glad to be able to bring some of that to other people as well. Well, we should mention that's called Diamond Heart, in case anyone yep. is wondering what Peter is now a teacher of. So you got, uh, I like this, you feel complete. You've worked on this for so long, and it could be this feeling of loss or this feeling of being nervous or so on and so forth, but you're feeling complete. You did a good job. You're done and you're moving on to what's next. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much sums it up. And I, I feel like handing this off to outside is the right group at the right time. I mean, they've got, they're much obviously a gigantic organization compared to the three of us and the regional editors. They've got resources, they've got coders that you know, they can do what we have not been able to do as effectively. And um, most of them are a lot younger than you and me, at least, Buzz. And uh, <laughs> I think they're going to take good care of it. So good call. Good yeah. call. Excellent. Well, Jeff, I'll ask you the same question. Of course, the three of us each received a payout of $100 million each. So, you know, you'll have enough <laughs> money to do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good. I thought that was pretty funny too. So I. <laughs> so what is what is next? If only. So what is next for you, Jeff? All three of us are going to go live in a cave uh, and <laughs> meditate. Um, um, I feel pretty complete with this project. I mean, like Peter said, like I feel this is this has been our baby for the last four or five years, and it's a little bit nerve wracking, like giving your baby away. But I feel good about where it's going, and and like like Peter said, um, that they're going to be able to take care of it and help it grow in the way that it continues to 
to want to and what the community seems to desire from it. So um, I'm, I'm really glad and optimistic in that sense um, that we've been able to find a new home for it that's going to take care of it. I'm a freelance web developer and, and um, so I'm going to be focusing on my client work, uh, shifting a little bit of the time that um, was spent on this over to, to that. Um, I work for a couple organizations in Cleveland, Ohio and in the Cleveland Museum of Art, one of my one of my main clients is we're we're doing a big redesign project of all their websites. Um so that that's gonna be occupying me for the next um probably six months or so. And then I want to think about um new new projects. Um so I'll still have like client work, but hopefully things will, will open up a little bit after after the, the big pushes for this are done. And yeah. maybe that two thirty marathon? Yeah. Well, We'll still shoot for that. I think I'm going to do a, uh, I think I'm going to do a, a mountain trail marathon in in Italy in July, and then um, shoot for another road marathon in uh, probably December. I'm thinking California International Marathon in December. Uh, Good. So. Good yeah. work. Well, um, it's been really. I'll just say on my end, it's been great working together. We formed a team, and we didn't exactly have a org chart, but we all kind of dialed into our different roles. And I think we were extraordinarily efficient. We had to be efficient because there wasn't a lot of money to be passed around. And so we had to keep our time really tight and there's a lot of work to be done. And I think it was really interesting. We had essentially no bureaucracy. You know, we, we actually met very few times and we got a lot of work done. We came up a little short on that $300 million payout, but, you know, it's okay. It'll be a nicely decorated cave at least. So I'd just like to thank you two and acknowledge to everyone publicly that I think the three of us worked together well. We got a lot of work done. We did it fairly efficiently. Yeah, yeah. you're here. I'm grateful to both of you and, and to the community that, that we've been able to uh, kind of um, facilitate, but, but also like, let them pull us along. Um, and, and like you said, to the regional editors and to Craig and Allison and, and looking forward, looking forward to what outside brings to this. We're going to hear now from a few people who have contributed especially. And, uh, thanks again, Peter and Jeff. Thanks Buzz. Thanks Jeff. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me and enjoying and kind of welcoming me to the family for the last, I guess, year and a half. I can't believe it's flown by. Has it been a year and a half? Well, this is fun. This is so good, Allison. And we're going to tell the story of how you became involved. But just in case some people don't know, if anyone asks a question, you have been the person who have answered their question. If they say, can my dog set an FKT? You are the person who gets to answer that. And you've done all our social media. You're the director of community partnerships. So I'm going to start by recounting a year and a half. Wow. seems longer than that. How you got involved. Is that okay with you? Yes. It's a great story. <laughs> well, we were getting just buried a couple of years ago. FKTs and Roots came in. And so I said to Peter, who was doing it all, so Peter, we need to bring on some other people here. We need to bring on some editors to help you process this stuff. And Peter is a scientist. He's a PhD in physics from Harvard. Uh, he's a data scientist, but he doesn't manage people. That just isn't what he does. And so 
we put out the word who would like to do this. You chimed in, said me, me, me. And he, he missed it. It was really interesting. And so for your area, you have live in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia. He signed on someone and I said, Hey, what about this person? She looks really good. Oh gosh. I guess we already hired someone there. And Allison, you kept saying, so what's up? And I kept looking at this going, this person has really got game. <laughs> we need to do something here. And I think it was an excellent example in case anyone wonders how to break into the outdoor industry. Just keep knocking on the door because you kept knocking on the door. And finally, we said, well, heck, she could manage our social media. She could answer everybody's questions. She could essentially be customer service for the entire operation. And you started doing that and you have been great. So thank you. Well, thanks, Buzz. Yes, persistence does pay off. And as when I was looking for jobs and anything in life, you keep after something, you don't give up, just like an FKT or a race. You just pursue, you're persistent and it pays off. So very happy to be part of the team, learning so much, being part of the community, Um, I can't tell you the stories we've been able to tell and share on the podcast, on the newsletter, social media, and just helping people achieve an FKT has been wonderful and such a great experience for me. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to, that thank you is coming, if I may, from everybody, from a lot of people. Because again, just to emphasize, if you send an email to info, at fastestknowntime.com, Allison is the person who answers it. And like you said, you help people. You answer questions. You can't help them run any faster. And you get to see people making some dumb mistakes. <laughs> and so you're in an interesting position, aren't you? Definitely. And some of the mistakes that I've made or I've seen. So if I can prevent it and be proactive in helping them, whether it's how to track, when to train, where to go, doing your research, whatever I can do to help people is what you say customer service is all about, answering questions and giving them the information they need to be successful in their FKT attempt. Well, right. Boy, that's, I'm, huh. Well, it's interesting. I'm really happy to have this conversation with you because without you, I'm not sure what we would have done. Things would have really, uh, kind of probably broken down. So thank you for taking on that very, very important role. And at this point, I could say, is there anything that you remember? I think you could say, oh my gosh, but is there anything, any example that you can give of an odd question or interesting example or something that impressed you? I mean, the number of people that asked about their dog coming along or just the strange, can I have a stroller or use my phone, or eat this, or do that, or everything. And I'm just like, or, you know, when it comes to a tracking device, like every question, and some people would email over and over and ask at least 20 different questions, all in different emails. And I'm just like, calm down, you're going to be great. Do your research, (laughs) enter the trail, you know, like, do whatever it takes. And I'm here for you. And like, most people say there's no dumb question and it's just, you know, every day I feel like there was a different question where in the beginning I would be 
you know, emailing or texting you guys going, hey, how do I answer this? Or have you ever seen this? And also using the regional editors as resources and showing what the family of FKT is about. And also just looking at the message boards of people helping out, giving advice, kind of giving a guide, even when they didn't know or failed on their FKT attempt, were willing and encouraging others to do it, which is, is so cool of the community. Well, we have these guidelines, obviously, on the website. I wrote most of them. But you'd like to think you just write all the possibilities down and just tell people to read on the website. But that doesn't work. You can't do that. These people do and have written in with questions that I never imagined. I never thought of that possibility, but they did. And you answered their question. Yes. And also um, changing our guidelines and, you know, changing policies and, you know, changing with the times, whether it's making sure that we have a non-binary category or just things like photography and what truly defines an unsupported attempt. A lot of things that you know, people may not have or think of. And we just want to make sure that everything is covered in our guidelines and we enforce it and that people are feeling uncomfortable with whatever they choose, whether it's supported, unsupported, self-supported, and that they know that it's an honor system. We're not checking every FKT, getting behind the scenes footage, that it's truly an honor system. And we hope that people have the integrity when they are going for these FKTs that they're doing that. Yes, our fleet of drones has not become operational <laughs> yet. <laughs> yes, no, I mean, if people are, once again, we've seen it and we've been able to uncover some things because once again, especially on the AT, like you talk about, people will tell us and now you have those capabilities and we just truly believe in the spirit of FKTs and what you guys founded it on of, you know, doing things with intention and integrity. Well put, Allison. At this point, I'm going to note that uh, another person who's been very helpful has been Craig Randall, who the person who puts out that newsletter every Monday that you mentioned and who has sold some of our sponsorship and has been our esteemed sound engineer, which that's a slight joke because we actually do almost no sound engineering. Um, people wonder about this and we actually don't edit anything. We tend to just have fun conversations and publish them. But here's a big call out to Craig Randall who couldn't join us because his wife is pregnant. He just bought a new house. They just got a puppy and they're taking a vacation to Patagonia in five days. So Craig's got a good excuse. Thank you, Craig. Well, we are about to hear from another really good contributor to fastestknowntime.com. So Allison, it's really good to talk with you. And I'm speaking for a lot of people to say flat out, we appreciate you a great deal. Thank you very much, Allison. Thank you, Buzz, and the whole FKT family. Indeed. This podcast episode would not be complete unless we had a fantastic conversation, as usual, with the hilly goat. Hillary Allen, thanks so much for joining us again. Oh, thanks so much. It's a really a pleasure to be here. Well, we've had a great time doing this. Uh, it's been so fun. I think 
you know, community is a big part of what fastest known times have been, but also relationships. And so me doing this podcast, this is number 180 and having you, you've hosted some by yourself and you, you and I have co-hosted together and that really makes it better. It's, it's better for the listener. It's a better product. And to be perfectly honest, for me, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> well, I mean, that's seriously, it was some of the, the highlights I've had. I've loved to co-host uh, with you in particular, obviously the FKT of the year. That's literally my favorite time of, of the year to kind of count, count down what people have done to follow, be following and seeing what people have been doing throughout the year. And then, you know, weigh in for with the community and, and see what they think is important. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. Uh, I think, I mean, fastest no time. I mean, it's, it's got such a history to it. I think for me at least, and I, I, I've spoken about this so many, so many times, um, that to me, it's what trail running is all about. It's, it's, I think racing is an added bonus, right? But I think the history of fastest known time, even around the world, um, it's it's in the route like like calculating and and documenting the times that people have done on these iconic routes, on these iconic trails, you know, in the United States, but throughout the world. I think that's what trail running and exploration is all about. And then to kind of go into the different styles of it. I always think it's so much more badass to do this unsupported effort or self-supported effort across these trails than, you know, having a, a crew or aid station at these races. But obviously that's just personal preference and, and bias. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. And that yeah. jogged my memory. The first submission, this is very interesting. The first submission that this website ever received was from Killian Jornet. It's <laughs> a little bit of trivia nobody knows. So he was a big early supporter and I kind of felt like promoting him, which would pr help promote us. But I thought, no, that's, that's Bush league. I don't want to do that. So, the world-class athletes, Killian and notably, has really been into FKTs. We've given them a place to play. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important because not everyone is motivated by a race. Um, and I think a lot of people are motivated by these places that you can explore that can't have a race you know, in them, you know, national parks or these incredibly long trails, or, you know, they want to do it in a different style, whether that's, you know, combining sports, running and cycling or running and scrambling, or, you know, as, as we've seen now, like Killian Journey, uh, running across a glacier. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's really important. And like you said, it's like a community aspect. And I think it just, it makes it that much more special to have a platform and a place where people can, you know, get information about these routes that they want to do, and then also get inspired um, and think about certain styles that they want to perform um, or go after and, you know, create this these fun challenges. Um, I mean, I right. remember, Buzz, we, we, had, we had this podcast, I think um, I was interviewing you for a podcast that I was doing, and this is at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I think we both said that this is going to be the year of the FKTs. And mm. things just blew up. And I think it's really been cool to see how now reflected even in my professional contract that FKTs are actually given bonuses um, to athletes if they if they get them. And I think that's that's a direct result from something that you've created. 
Oh, that's a good point. Indeed, when we first started doing this, it was like word of mouth. It was like the honor system, literally <laughs> the honor system. You, the rule was tell someone what you're doing and keep a good track of it. And then, as you said, it became high stakes. Mm-hmm. And so we had to keep moving the verification standards up. That's a good point, Hillary. We There's a good context here to describe. Is a lot of people nowadays who are participating don't realize it used to be just a gentleman's agreement almost. And so now obviously GPS is required on everything. And as you said, uh, you can win a race or you can set an FKT and the professional runners, they get a bonus for either one. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I think it's so cool too. Um, you know, the gentleman's agreement. I sure, I certainly respect that. And I think, uh, I think that's, that's part of what makes FKT special too. But going back to that history piece, you know, the United States, you kind of, I think we look in our little sphere, but just reflected in this year's, you know, FKT of, you know, of the year, we were accepting submissions from all around the world. And so it's a really special opportunity and you can see the growth. I mean, I've seen it throughout, you know, my, my running career, the growth of FKTs and their popularity, but it goes back to that history piece of, I particularly think back to the to the United Kingdom when you know all of these trails you know they they literally require you know people standing on the tops of these these mountains like the Ramsey Round to to verify that <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that you've been there so I think we can appreciate in the United States that maybe no, we necessarily don't need that but we uh, <laughs> with the help of you know FKT and um, you know basically the whole database that you that you've created and filed we have access to that, to those files and, you know, an ability to kind of go into the unknown following like a blue little dot on our, (laughs) on our map. (laughs) Right. That's a, you have got such good perspective there. The grand rounds in the UK, someone visually actually witness you at the top. Like, okay. Yeah. We don't really do that anymore. Oh, they do it. Actually, they still do that. Uh, yeah. And you also mentioned FKT of the year, which you and I have had a great time with. I think it's really a big deal. Yeah. And it's this because the stories that come out of it are incredible. I should note that the annual fastest known time of the year award article appeared in the March issue of Ultra Running Magazine, mm-hmm. page 38. So if you get it online, it's available. If you get it in the print, you'll get it in the mail shortly. And you mentioned the possibility of multi-sport in a race. You know, you can do a running race, you can do a bike race, whatever. But you and I have been able to stray in our personal conversations into the world of gravel riding, which is (laughs) slightly off topic, admittedly. But heck, you got to be doing some duathlons here at some point. You got to be going for some FKTs where you're riding to something. When when are we going to see this, Hillary? Well, you know, this is, this is also something I think that's important to mention is that, you know, in my athletic career, you've, you've motivated me and FKT, you know, that concept has, has motivated me immensely and kind of rethinking and reframing what an athlete really means. And for me, it's not just a runner, right? It's, it's an endurance athlete. It's how I can move in the mountains and kind of this idea of self-propelled, um, and, you know, we, we're both, you know, avid fans of gravel cycling. It's, it's incredibly fun and, you know, it's influenced my training. So I think I've done some soft FKTs, uh, <laughs> like last year, um, doing, you know, hold to hump, which is, you know, I did the Grand Canyon, the rim to rim to rim one day, rode my gravel bike from the rim of, 
the South Rim to the base of Mount Humphreys. And then the next day I ran up the peak. So, you know. Hold to that, hump. Okay. Yeah, maybe I, I it's a it. preview. <laughs> I think the original hold to hump is you run down um, to touch the Colorado River. Then you run up and then you run to Mount Humphreys. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. So I like the multi-sport <laughs> aspect to it. But, you know, it's it's the whole point of it for me is the in, inspiring creativity and thinking outside the box. It just doesn't have to be running. It just doesn't have to be a race. It can be whatever crazy adventure that you think of. It can be multi-day. It can be a single day. So you know, def- definitely that's how I train. I like to do, you know, ride to a trailhead, you know, right from my doorstep in Boulder. I've done, um, I guess for me, it's the, 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 the duathlon, the Longs Peak, uh, ride to the base of Longs Peak, run up it and then ride home. You know, maybe I'll splash about in the Creek to make it a, to make it a try, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, things like that. And it's just, it's incredibly fulfilling for me. And I think, you know, if you, if you think outside of the box and you don't, you know, limit yourself with a certain definition of what you think an athlete is or what, you know, a, a good performance is, um, you know, you can have a lot of fun, a lot of fun with it and still challenge yourself. Brilliant. Thank you for calling out the creativity aspect. This community is so good. We get hear these different voices and I get a different perspective from everyone. So thank you for that reminder. You can create what is meaningful to you. And you have been so inspiring in, you know, you've created so many of these routes and I'm thinking we're still waiting for, you know, the calendar for the FKT calendar um, of the year, uh, you know, with the the best photos uh, for your certain FKT events. So hopefully maybe that can be an added addition. Um, I still think what I'm thinking of is um, the Grand Canyon, the rim, uh, the rim to rim to rim alt route that you created. There's still an amazing, amazing photo um, <laughs> of that of Rob Carr's butt as he jumps into the Colorado River. <laughs> that he he's he's Mr. January hands down. <laughs> oh yeah, but speaking of that creativity, I think you know you've you've created a lot of. Um, these FKT routes themselves and, you know, people have expanded upon it and that's, you know, that's what it's all about. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. By the way, there's another route in the Grand Canyon, quick little tip. (laughs) So I think there's another route, but we'll, uh, I'm keeping that in the uh, hat under the hat for now. (laughs) Well, thank you so much again. I'm here's the call out. Uh, Listeners should note that you are a coach. You have an excellent newsletter, which actually just came out. 15 minutes ago. It looks fantastic. And so go to your, it'll be in the written show notes as always, go to your website and sign on and follow you because gosh, what a bright light you are in the sport. And again, thank you so much for sharing this time. It's really made this work a lot easier, Hillary. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Buzz. And thanks for everything that you've done for this sport and continue to do. Uh, I think it's, it's great. And I hope it only, you know, represents future things to come for trail running and, you know, the growth of the fastest known time culture. We're not quite done yet. There are a few more people who are very meaningful to me personally, as well as this sport as a whole. This next gentleman we're speaking with because while he's not in Frozen Head State Park, he is on this call with me. And thank you so much, Jared Campbell. It's great to talk with you. Thanks so much, Buzz. Always great to to be on the phone with you and be part of your show. 
Well, thanks. You've been on the show before. And of course, you and I have done a few things together, which I think have informed the whole development of fastestknowntime.com. And I will say, as we're kind of wrapping this up, winding it down, saying goodbye to everyone, I, there's one big regret I do have, which is we never added speed canyoneering to the FKT site. <laughs> You're absolutely <laughs> right. How did we miss that, Buzz? Uh, you know what? Uh, you, Ryan, and I would have dominated. Of course, there's a reason we would have dominated. I recall the the your famous line, uh, "Low hanging fruit, way far out on the branch." Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, well, we used to go to Zion every spring, what, twice sometimes, and we did some amazing things. And I think that informed literally the development of the site, in that we established somehow this ethic of giving people place and inspiring them to go outside, have fun, throw down on big roots, and most of all, create their own adventure that's meaningful to them. So thank you for helping with that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I've been reflecting back on that, so many of the adventures that we had and kind of the whole process, right, from like the inception of an idea, the planning, in many cases, rehearsing, the execution, and then the sharing at the end, which you were always so good at, always doing a report that provided just enough insight and information that that next person could come along, be inspired and, and uh, you know, and yet, yet, everything wasn't laid out. You know, it was just enough framework for people to have their own adventure. Um, I think that kind of typified many of the things you and I did for so many years. And then eventually that same kind of uh, approach to describing adventures rolled into, into, F, in, into the FKT website. Right. You're right. So you were informative in a certain sense. And I think people would be happy to hear that your ethic and your style kind of carried through and carried in that sense, carried through into the sport. And uh, something, one of your root ideas, Zion Man, established the OKT principle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I think there's a number, there's many things that we did that have never been repeated, either because it was so stupid or so good or so hard. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but OKTs have their own little niche, don't they? They definitely do. Well, I would add to your list too, or potentially it's like sensitive enough in the in the terrain and uh, mm. that they were conducted on. And I would say that for Zironman too. That was one that, um, you know, I think all of us involved in very intentionally did not put much information out there because we didn't. You don't. I I don't think the park could handle, you know, pe you know, multiple people and sets sets of feet going on that terrain because it's really kind of a fragile ecosystem there. Excellent call. I uh, indeed we have approved numerous FKT routes that you know I did or you and I did uh, that we never talked about, and so it's kind of interesting how that standard slips. But someone asked me about uh, Lady Mountain and Zion, and that's a good example. No, that ain't going on the site because the terrain is too sensitive. Yeah, I agree. But, and by uh, the way, I mean, as much as I, I, I do very much love what the fastest known time movement has all been, I do, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of 
off the radar kind of guy for a lot of things. And I, I do love the mystery. I love hearing about something that one person did. And I kind of like that scenario, the mystery when there's not much information and there's a lot of things out there. You know what I mean? Like in our world where everything's on display in front of you, I, I do value that there are still things that are precious enough that they shouldn't be broadcast to the world. <laughs> I know that selfie stick I got you for your birthday has gone unused, hasn't it? It's still in the box, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. That, 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 it still cracks me up. But the person <laughs> who kind of rose to prominence later on regarding Iron Man is Megan Hicks. She did write an article on that for, an, for a Utah travel magazine and that never really, I don't think it was online. So it never really saw much of the light of day. Mm, right. Yeah. I think it was in like a paper publication, right? If I recall. Yeah. She did correct. a really good job with it too. She did. And still, she still is doing a good job with it. Well, Jared, as we kind of wind this up, is there any other thoughts you'd like to offer? Any suggestions you'd like to give anyone? You know, I've been thinking, right, because we're all in such interesting times that are seemingly, they're always really stressful, weird pressures on us all the times. And, you know, I was kind of thinking back to the the 90s, when <laughs> 90s and early 2000s when I was a, you know, early climber. And I think about like the the guidebook, you know, like the guidebook that had, again, just enough information, just enough picture and just enough history about the routes. You know, at the time they were sport climbing routes or multi-pitch trad routes. And um, I stumbled upon one recently and I just opened it up and I had my little lists in there and names of projects, when I did them, how many how many tries. And I was just thinking like, you know, and it, especially during the few years of really intense COVID, which just shut down travel, shut down races. I mean, there couldn't have been a better time for you know, what you have done with Fastest Known Times because it gave people an outlet. It gave people something to focus on and put on their calendar and train for, prep and prepare for. And, you know, kept us all a little bit more sane, actually, I think, as a as a group, for sure. So I, I guess I just personally wanted to, to thank you for that. And, you know, I've, I've certainly observed that as well with, um, you know, many of the projects here in Utah, huge uptick, like unbelievable uptick in interest in things like the Whirl and, you know, Millwood's a route out here that means something to people in the Wasatch. And I mean, just it's so cool, I think, to um, be a creator in the sense that you, again, provide enough framework and you give this thing to people, right? You give this you give this creation to the community and when the world just turns upside down like it has the last few years, that was the saving grace for so many people. Um, we did a we recently did a few screenings of a film about the world, the Wasatch Ultimate Ridgeley Cup, and mm -hmm. I did these Q and A sessions afterwards, and kind of not knowing what to expect, but some of the comments people stood up and said this became kind of my obsession. It was my it was my saving grace. It was that thing I could sort of tune out all the rest of the world and just go train because I was doing the world, you know, in, in August or September. That That's what I did for summer of 2020 or 2021, you know. And I mean, so yeah, I think the whole community and myself included for sure just want to thank, thank you and Peter and the rest of the gang for all the work you have done to kind of put that framework and put kind of the rules in place and, and just enough structure to projects that are out there for all to go do at whatever time makes sense for them. So 
Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Jared. I appreciate your perspective. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if there's much more to say about that, except to note that someone just did the whirl in winter. I know. Uh, <laughs> so you, so you, you threw down on that. Uh, you established something that become the test piece for the Wasatch. Yeah, really, really fun to see the variants on that. I mean, the winter, winter mountaineering style wasn't a ski a skiing approach to it. Um, it was it was done on foot and with big old mountaineering boots. <laughs> so yeah, so cool. In fact, interesting. I think next year is the twentieth anniversary, which makes me feel kind of old, Buzz. But twenty years since I first <laughs> did it, and I uh, I kind of look forward to doing a little, you know bring people out there and celebrate 20 years. I don't know. It's probably only meaningful to me, but <laughs> it's kind of interesting to reflect on two decades ago when that first came to life. Excellent. Thank you, Jared. You're a uh, very meaningful person to me. You've helped me out greatly in my personal life. I count you as a good friend, which is very meaningful. And you're a very well-known person who's influenced the sport with your integrity and your strength. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Buzz. And thanks for all you've done with this. Um, I know it's sort of closing a chapter for you personally, but I'm I'm certain that what you've created is going to live on for the, the whole broader athletic mountain community for sure. So pretty amazing what you've done. Thanks so much, Jared. And we're going to indulge me for one last special guest in our grand finale podcast. This person was on just a few weeks ago, episode 177, and last year for episode 127, and our very first podcast three and a half years ago. Yep, as Bob Dylan said, those that are first shall later be last. Welcome, Anton Kropichka. Thanks, Buzz. Well, you're part of this. I'm so happy you are able to just say hello. Yeah, um, appreciate you asking me to come on here. Uh, it's... Um... I guess I have been also appreciative of the entire concept of FKTs over, obviously, the last ten years. And the one, the one word that comes to mind for me when I think about FKTs is uh, inspiration. Uh, for me, it all started with uh, just the old, um, you know, Bill Wright was keeping track of records, climbing records in the Flatirons and Eldo. And seeing that stuff, you know, on the first flat iron, the third flat iron or whatever, got me not necessarily excited about going fast, but just excited about climbing those formations at all. Uh, and then that eventually bled over into the running world for me. So, yeah, I've been really, um, I don't know, it's it's been a part of my outdoor recreating that, yes, it's really something I've appreciated. Excellent. Thank you. And also thanks for noting Bill Wright, who I think is the first person to use the word fastest known time in print. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. And uh, we've gone back a ways and you've got a bunch of FKTs. You've been on the podcast. And I like what you said about inspiration. That's something I think personally we share. It's not really about the number, is it? It's kind well, of about wanting to feel happy, wanting to, wanting to get in gear, wanting to feel literally inspired. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, I think, uh, a lot of times people can be like, Oh, why would you go for an FKT? And to me, the entire, like the website, uh, the fastest known time website 
sure, it's a clearinghouse for keeping track of who has gone the fastest, but it's also a comprehensive clearinghouse of these are the classic routes in a given region or area or country. And uh, if someone has gone through the, the, I don't know, vetting process of this is something worth tracking, it's probably a pretty good route. And that's something I've really appreciated um, just when looking at different regions of the country that I'm new to. Uh, so yeah, nice. It's a worldwide bucket list. Well, you've been around since we've started this. Have you seen any evolution here? Have you seen any changes? Uh, what does the whole scene look like to you? Well, there's been an enormous, like I said, it's been a little over a decade, I guess, since I've been aware of this as a concept and yeah, I think especially the pandemic really accelerated uh, uh, people who might have otherwise been focused on produced events, races, and had to take it upon themselves to to kind of think a little more creatively, a little more outside of the box to test themselves physically and mentally. And the whole FKT phenomenon is uh, kind of the perfect arena for that. Um, so... Yeah, I think it was right. it was already growing a, a great degree before the pandemic, and then the pandemic really, like, action on uh, the FKT front really took off with that. Right. Gave, and especially the pros, a place to make their mark. Hillary early noted that as a sponsored athlete, as a professional runner, you could you know, win a race or you could set an FKT. They're now rated at the same place in terms of the sponsor's uh, way of looking at the value an athlete is delivering. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, the the general media in running has picked up on it as a relevant and growing phenomenon. So as a result, athletes are able to get the same amount of exposure from that as from having a a good race result. Uh, but but I don't know. I've, it sort of goes back to like it's not just about the number and. It is more this, I think, kind of like super deep well of inspiration and uh, beta, basically, for anyone who wants to go out and have an adventure. So, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm still being inspired <laughs> because, I, of course, I'm seeing I have it comes in my inbox every new route, every new FKT. Right. So, <laughs> and so I'm going, oh, wow, what? Where's the, I mean, a lot of it I'm so familiar with, but some things I've never heard of it. So I click through it and go, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I got to make a note. Next time I'm over there, I'm going to go check this one out. Well, I mean, it's just sort of a, a personal story, I guess. Um, you know, I ran Gannett Peak back in, uh, the first time was 2012. And both you and Peter had done it before and, and uh, had kind of little trip reports on either your respective websites. But in there somewhere, I think Peter had noted that, like, or maybe it was you, had noted that Chris Reevely had gone and done it from like the Elkhart Trailhead or something. And literally just the notion that someone like Chris, who I really respected as a, a climber and an alpinist, thought Gannett worthy of trying to run in a day was enough motivation for me to head up to the Wind Rivers and and, uh, you know, go check it out for myself. So I think that is kind of the ultimate value of having the FKT database is kind of sparking inspiration for someone, you know, like 
because I, I just went out there. I mean, I happened to get the FKT that day, but I wouldn't have gone up there if I hadn't seen that someone else thought it a worthy run to do. And, um, you know, I was able to have an exciting adventure stay out FKT or not. So, yeah. Nice. Wow, that's a good story. I never knew that. Yeah, which, by the, the way, went in from tra- he went he went in from Trail Lakes, which is mm-hmm. a, ter- a terrible way to go. And mostly, people are going. Probably ten percent people went in from Trail Lakes, and then ninety percent went in from Titkin Basin. But you went in up Tourist Creek, which is the site that Peter and I pioneered. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that was and that was another that's another perfect point. Is I probably would have gone from Titkin Basin. Uh, hadn't I seen the trip report of yours and Peter's, you know? Because uh, I think I think you guys actually maybe went to Wells Creek and then Peter went back and did it himself up Tourist Creek. And I was like, oh, well, that seems like the way to go. So, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Well, that's a good story. That kind of summarizes a lot, doesn't it? The inspiration, the idea, a little bit of beta, and then you go and, you know, put your mark on the wall. Other people are going to say, wow, look at this. Anton did it. I'm going to go do it too, which they have tried for. That's a good story. That's a very good example. Yeah. And to me, that sort of encapsulates kind of the the best possible case scenario of the positive aspect of something like social media, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, which really is what, um, I mean, the FKT website is almost that because it's this user uh input you know it's all this aggregation of stuff from the community uh and everyone gets to see what's going on and before you know something like strava for verification and uh just the concept of social media i don't know if the fkt website in its current form would have been as logical of a like a clearinghouse for it all do you understand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yep yeah, it's a, it's a natural extension of what was taking place. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I think that it's it is there are a lot of negative sides to social media, but it's yeah, that kind of inspiration and and advice and beta gathering is a positive side of it, I think. I thank you so much for your participation. It's given me also a way to stay in touch with you. So thanks again. It's been a good ride. Yeah, thanks Buzz, and of course, uh I really appreciate all the work that you and Peter and Jeff have put into this for the past, well, over a decade now, for sure. Thanks again, Tony. And Jared, so good to hear from you both. And Hillary Allen. Hillary's been a big contributor, and I should call out that she's been a volunteer all this time during her hosting and co-hosting. Allison Mercer, Craig Randall, couldn't have done this without you, and they both will be continuing on for the next few months. Jeff Schuler and Peter Backwin, wow, my partners, thank you for being partners and starting this whole thing and keeping it alive. They both will be moving on to greener pastures. And I will be, I don't know, I'm not sure what I will be doing. I do know that I will always be pushing the envelope and it won't be boring because that's the worst. Peter already thanked our 17 regional editors, but I kind of want to do that again. They are complete volunteers. They're doing this in their spare time, and they have really helped you and all of us process all the roots and all the FKTs. Wow. Here's something that's really interesting. I want to thank all of you who have donated with a note of explanation. 
A few months ago, we turned off Patreon and the donations button because it was possible you were donating to us. And once we became involved with Outside Inc., that didn't seem ethical or fair. Outside agreed, so we turned off the donation feature while we resolved this transition going forward. You know, I, wrapping this up, uh, it's really interesting. When I'm hosting this podcast, I am never lonely. Pandemic, you know, people didn't have a lot of interaction. But sitting here with my $39.99 microphone I mailered from Amazon with a bath towel under it to improve the sound quality, I feel like I am with you every week. I feel like I am with a group of friends. This has been surprisingly an unexpectedly precious experience for me. So, thank you. Thank you very much. It has been amazing. I hope I see you out there. I hope I see you in person. I hope you always find your own meaning and get after it. Running is believing.